Good evening, grave robbers, and welcome back to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Lara Prince and Noah Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath of shows that ran only one season or only one episode. With me, as always, is TV's Noah Houlihan. I have a, an important announcement. I found a bullhorn. We are doing How I Met Your Dad. How I Met Your Dad. Now, let's get ahead of this. Yes. This is the 2014 dead pilot. How I Met Your Dad. This is not the upcoming Hulu show, How I Met Your Father. Yes. This is also not really a spinoff. No, it is essentially the same concept as How I Met Your Mother. It is from the same creators, same concept, but it is a gender-flipped version. Yes. And it is also updated. How I Met Your Mother starts in like the mid-2000s, and this show starts roughly when How I Met Your Mother stops. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if they were going to maybe connect it at some point in some way. Yeah, I was kind of looking for a connection. There was one moment where I thought I saw Ted's name outside of a building. Yeah. Like he was the architect of it or something. Um, But no, I could not find any connection to How I Met Your Mother. My thought is that like, oh, uh, the lead in this probably could have been in the class that Ted was teaching. Yeah, maybe something like Like, that. Like it would have been a tenuous connection. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's the same creators. We are doing the 2014 pilot. Yes. Now, I guess we should say that our relationship with How I Met Your Mother is very interesting. Uh, Laura has seen all of it. I yeah. have not. Uh, we started watching How I Met Your Mother together through, like, reruns on FX. And and then we went back and started watching it in order on Netflix. Was it on net? I thought we were actually watching it on demand. No, we were watching it on Netflix. We were watching it on Netflix? Okay. And uh, I I had never gotten into it. Laura was a fan, and I was getting into it, and I really loved the show. And the show was still on at the time yes. while I was catching up. And it kind of became our little thing. It's like we'd get together, we'd watch a few episodes, and then we'd go out. And then the finale aired. And you informed me we were done watching it. <laughs> I I hated the finale of How I Met Your Mother. I really did. Uh, it was how I torched nine years of character development to end up in the same place I was in the pilot. Yeah. Uh, it, it goes down as one of the worst yeah, it's TV infamous. finales. Because uh, I feel like now when you talk about bad last episodes, the two things you always hear, Dexter and How I Met Your Mother. Yes. And I know Dexter is back. Yeah, Dexter's apologizing Uh, currently. I actually know nothing about the new Dexter because it wasn't really my jam. I watched the last episode with you because you were into Dexter. I, I, Dexter, I I went through a very weird experience in that I got into Dexter and started binging it just in time to watch the final episode live. It was the only episode I watched on Showtime and not on demand. And it was disappointing. (laughs) I uh, I didn't really watch much of Dexter, but I'd read a bu- I'd read the first two or three books. In oh series. yeah, that's right. You read the books because Dexter was based on a, uh, a book series, and I read like Darkly Dreaming Dexter, mm-hmm. and I think I read like the next two in the series uh, before the series had ended. And 
So I think that's kind of interesting that we both got in. Yeah, Dexter. Just to be disappointed in real time. Yeah, Dexter is three really good seasons of television. It ran seven. (laughs) Yeah, How I Met Your Mother is kind of similar to me where it ran nine seasons and would have been an amazing show had it run four or five. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about The Good Place. The Good Place ran four seasons. Yeah, and then we're done. We're out. And nothing was spared and nothing was extra. There was very little filler. Mm Mm-hmm. And the show is great. Yeah. So this is how I met your father. Yes. So this is the deceased pilot, the failed pilot. And of course, we need to pour one out. This may be the most infamous pour one out in the history of this show. I'm so upset by everything that's happening right now. Uh, I will go first just because mine shows up earlier. Yes. So uh, the beginning of this show, uh, we see our main character exploding into a bar and asks... Who wants tequila shots? Yeah! And then there's lots of shots of tequila that they light on fire. And I said we couldn't light anything on fire. I'm not allowed to light my shot on fire. That's what I wanted to do. I just wanted to do a burning uh, tequila shot. But that I've been talked out of that. Uh, so I have a shot of tequila that I put fireball in to represent like the flaming shots. Now, if you're new to the show, because and I nearly forgot to mention this, uh, we are now part of the... IWEP Podcast Network. So hello to new listeners on the IWEP Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. I'm Noah. This is Laura. Hello. Here's some things about me. When I do tequila shots, I make a horrible noise. As we learned on the previous episode of Stay Doomed, when I do fireball shots, I spontaneously sing the jingle to Big Red. So this is both of those liquors (laughs) in a single shot glass. I don't know what's about to happen. I may just explode. But uh, to how I met your dad, salute. (laughs) (laughs) Noah has folded in on himself like a dying star. Oh, no. A me- oh god! <laughs> I feel like I did a shot of tequila and then immediately tried to do the cinnamon challenge. I feel terrible. So that's my- this is gonna be my life for the ride. Oh god! All right. Hey, what do you got? Surely you could not have anything worse than what I have. I mean, at least the nice thing about yours is that it's over. Mm-hmm. Um. So mine is something that actually this is very rare. This canonically appears in the show. Yes, it does. They make a cocktail called a Chardonnay. Yes. And it's Chardonnay and Mountain Dew. What are you drinking? Oh, hon, this is a Chardonnay. It's a mixture of white wine and Mountain Dew. Sal and I invented it in college. You're going to love it. Take a sip. A Chardonnay. Chardonnay and Mountain Dew. Uh, I don't have any Chardonnay in the house. Mm -hmm. I have Moscato. Chardonnay is a drier wine, which I think might have paired a little bit better with Mountain Dew. But instead of that, I have Moscato. Muscatu. Have a, have a delicious sit of that. It's Mountain Dew and wine. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Why is that good? Well, that's the same reaction they have in the show. That's actually Danny's reaction. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Right? 
Yeah, let me throw some wine on top of this tequila I just drank. It's mostly Mountain Dew. It's like a third wine, two thirds Mountain Dew. That's perky. Yeah, it's it's better than it has any right to be. That being said, I'm kind of still glad I have a uh, a chaser for that a seltzer because it's uh, mostly actually the sweetness is in the wine. Yeah, that's very interesting. Actually. Despite the fact that I did put more um, Diet Mountain Dew than wine. But it might be the sugar content, like it might be settling weird. Yeah, maybe. It's Diet Mountain Dew. I, I would say that taste-wise, it does not taste like you mixed wine and Mountain Dew. It tastes like a new beverage that I could see being popular. We're I, not acid green. I don't know. Honestly, my big question is, I don't know if it should have more alcohol in it or if it should have like taurine in it and be marketed as a an energy drink. I'm going to make it worse. Rather than a cocktail. Laura's gone rogue. Laura has, for some reason, decided to grab some grape watermelon juice that we have and just added it to that. Now it looks like urine. Did <laughs> uh, you know said that about a thing I'm going to drink? I'm painting a picture for our audience. Now it looks like red wine. So what's happening now is that the uh, colors are not mixing. So it's golden in some places, but like, uh, it's actually, it's beautiful. Why did you choose to do that? It seemed like a great idea at the moment. So there's nothing plot-wise of this show that made sense for you to have done that. I didn't want to drink something acid green and I was hoping this would help. Okay. Upsettingly, it's amazing. All right, let's throw more wine on top of my tequila. It's mostly not alcohol now. Yeah, that's delicious. Yeah. (laughs) It's delicious and I hate it. Yeah, so I've now made a delightful thing that I'm going to be too ashamed to drink in front of anyone else No, no, absolutely not. Uh, That's delicious, though, so that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, So we open on a typewriter with... uh, Stationary that says Sally Javits, and this yes. is our lead. Mm-hmm. And we get a time card that says 2044. Mm-hmm. Dear Cricket. And she talks about how in 2014 she was 27 and talks about how she's elegant and put together now, but she wasn't always elegant and put together. And we see this like cutaway of Sally being like a perfect homemaker mm-hmm. in like a cheery yellow dress, making a cheery yellow cake, getting a banner that says like, woman of the year and she says like i wasn't always like that and it's her and her friend juliet and they burst into a bar and said like and i am using this bullhorn to announce something very exciting we found a bullhorn into a bullhorn yes and then they announce they buy the bar a round of tequila shots of tequila shots that we see her set on fire And basically, we're establishing that she is a party girl. Yeah, and we get a montage of Sally and Juliet having a great night at the bar, Mm -hmm. a hot drunk mess, and I have the note that I will come to regret. Ah, she's already more likable than Ted. Yes, this is what we call a lie. (laughs) This is what we call dramatic irony. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And she talks about, in the voiceover, and the voiceover is Meg Ryan, grown up... uh, Oh, Sally is Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan is the equivalent is the female equivalent to Bob Saget. Sure, Weird. I guess. And we find out that she was already married before Cricket's dad. And she comes home 
at 3 a.m. And bothers her husband. Yeah, jumps into bed with her husband who is asleep. So she can sing a song that she wrote about her ringtone. About the, like, classic Nokia phone ringtone. Yes. This is my, this is my favorite song. It's set to ringtone called xylophone. I wrote this on the long subway home. And he kind of goes like, oh, this is your best phone ringtone song yet. Can I go to sleep now? Mm -hmm. Which is like... Kind of nice husband and wife banter, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, he's not mean about it. He's just like, I have I was asleep for hours. Yeah. Uh, also, it's the guy from Workaholics. That's not Adam Devine. Anders Holm is his name? Yes. yes. He's from Workaholics. Um, and he's playing Gavin, the husband. Yes. At this point. Uh, and basically, she says, like... I'm so glad that no matter what happens when I go out... I can always come home to you forever for the rest of my life. I'm so happy. Yeah. And we see she's wearing a wedding ring. When she yes. like she puts her hand on his chest and we see her wearing a wedding ring. Uh, and then suddenly it's three days later. We I were, was single again. I was single again. But like at this point you're... I actually have the note. Okay, wait, she sucks. He asks for a divorce. Can you blame him? Wait a minute. I assume he asks. Because this is this is not brought up. This is the big thing that I have a problem with the whole time. And I'm, so and I, I wasn't gonna bring it up till later, but yeah. I'll bring it up now. Who leaves who? You get the assumption that Gavin I, I assume Gavin kicks out Sally. That's what I thought originally too. There will be evidence later that says the otherwise. And also, like in this moment, she's a little annoying. Yeah. But he doesn't seem, like, annoyed, other than the fact that it's late. Mm-hmm. Or, in some cases, early. Uh, and she's perfectly happy. There's no evidence here, other than the fact that they, sh- like, should be mad at each other, that they are mad at each other. So this breakup kind of comes out of nowhere, and I don't know who leaves who. Yeah, like like I said, I make the assumption that he leave that he asks her to leave because she's annoying. Mm-hmm. But we don't have any evidence to that. Right. So then Sally comes in and we meet Danny and Todd. Danny is Sally's brother and Todd is his husband. Yes. And Todd used to be friends or Todd still is friends with Sally, but Ta- Todd was friends with Sally when they were younger. Right. And she introduced them. And Todd, in his high school wild days, looks like the wrestler Zach Belmont. Yes, it looks like our friend Zach Belmont, uh, who we work with at uh, Cosplay Pro Wrestling. He usually wrestles as uh, Robin or Casey Jones. And but they do look very much alike. What's very funny is he does not look like him present day. It's literally when he's in the like wild child days. He, yes. He's styled to look exactly like Zach Belmont. And so Todd loves Sally and we find out she was only married for nine months. And Danny has the thought that like, oh, Sally quits everything she ever does. Right. And assumes that Sally has walked away the moment the marriage got hard. Yeah. That, the, the, there's the idea that, see, that's again presenting the idea that he said something like, you have to stop doing this. And she was like, I'm out. Yeah. Danny is not thrilled that Sally is staying with them. But right. Todd tells her to like, 
Oh, Sally, stay as long as you like. Yeah. You're, you know, if you're Danny's sister, you're my sister. Right. Which makes a lot of sense when you know that Todd and Sally were friends prior to Todd and Danny's relationship. Right. Of Todd might be closer to Sally than, like, Danny is at this point. Yeah, that's definitely possible. And based on the show we're watching, it definitely seems true, because we see a lot of scenes with Todd and Sally, and fewer with Danny and Sally. Yeah, yeah. So, we also talk about how Danny has always been an old man. Yes. Like, Danny's one of those kids that is born 40. Yeah, he was varsity in the shuffleboard team. Yeah. And he he was anti-skateboards. Student against skateboards. Yes. He was in student against skateboards. Oh, student. He was a group of one. (laughs) That is a great joke. Yeah. I did not catch that. Yeah, no, I really... Student against skateboards. I thought that was very funny. And I have a friend who, bless her... I used to say that, like, she went immediately from 18 to 40. Yeah. Like, by the time we graduated college, she was very much an adult. Right. And I was never, like, full Sally, but I was a little bit more of a hot mess than I would be now. So I kind of laughed at that, like, oh, some people are just kind of born grown-ups. Yeah. And we talk about... She she talks to, in her letter to Cricket, she's talking about how Gavin had changed. And Gavin used to be a metal mm-hmm. singer in like a scream band mm-hmm. in Ballsack and the Scroats. And it's this yes. very uh, How I Met Your Mother type joke of the name of the band is not important. And then we yeah. get the cutaway of we're Ballsack and the Scroats. Yes. Uh, one little thing I wanted to bring up here is this is the guy from Workaholics being in a band. Uh, the other guy from Workaholics, that's not Adam Levine, is in a band in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. It's the one guy that Amy Santiago like ghosted but didn't actually break up with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she shows up during her bachelorette party, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's the other guy from Workaholics. Oh, that's fine. So I was like, oh, I guess they just play guys in sleazy bands. Yeah, that that's really fun. I think that's the, like, classic mid-2010s man-child archetype is guy in a band. Yes. Th- there's nothing scarier than dating a man who says, don't worry, babe, the band's gonna make it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, but it's pretty much like that archetype. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about archetypes a little bit at the end of this. Okay. So we kind of get that Gavin is now very, very straight-laced and annoying. And, Mm -hmm. but she's also really annoying. So Sally runs into the guest room to find out it's a nursery. Mm Mm-hmm. They find out a, she finds out that there's a woman in Delaware who's three months pregnant and is planning to let Todd and Danny adopt her child. And Sally is really, really happy for them, but also is kind of, like, thinking about her place in the world. Yeah. Because now, like, she's only going to be able to stay here for a limited amount of time. Her brother and brother-in-law are going to be parents to a baby. Mm-hmm. And, like, a newborn. So it's not... They're going to suddenly be in a very, very, very different place than she is. Yeah, very true. And she's really happy for them, and she kind of worries to Juliet, because the next thing we now see her with is Juliet. Yeah, Juliet, who we know... As Vicky from The Good Place. Vicky from The Good Place, which was super cool to see. Yeah, I she's great in this. Yeah, she's, she's probably the best part of this. Easy. 
And so she's talking up Sally and she's trying to encourage Sally to kind of get over Gavin by doing a nail and bail. A nail and bail. Because she believes that uh, her her best friend Sally is her sunshine. Yeah. That's a, a very common phrase she uses. She's my sunshine. And she was never as bright as she was with her husband. Well, she was never as bright with her husband as she was without him. Yes. To, like, clarify. And so she's actually really pretty... Uh, she's not displeased. She's not unhappy her friend's getting yeah. divorced. She's sorry that Sally's upset. Yes. But not that's sorry a good about way the to divorce. Put it. Yeah. And Julia is going to set her up with Frank, the IT guy. Frank, yes. Um, I, I love the establishment of like. Hey, Fred. Frank. Are you single? Yeah. It's destiny. Yes. It's, it's a good cut. It's very much that mid 2010s cutaway humor. Yes. But it works here. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the apartment, and this is where Chardonnay appears. Yes, they're, they're drinking Chardonnay mixed with Mountain Dew. My and next they, note. Oh, no. Yeah, we've never panicked more watching a show than when she, this Mountain Dew monstrosity showed up on screen. It's like, oh, I know what we have to do. One of us has to drink that. And I was resigned to it being me. To my surprise, you were like, dibs. I was like, okay. Well, because I knew the other thing was the flaming tequila shots. <laughs> All right, granted. And I didn't... We uh, we actually have a tighter turnaround than usual uh, between watching and recording. True. So I knew I wasn't going to have time to like really think of a new drink. Mm. We find out that three weeks have gone by since uh, Gavin and uh, Sally... Sally. I keep wanting to say Gavin and Stacy because it's like a UK show. Gavin and Stacy? Yeah, it's a it's a comedy series that ran for three seasons in the UK. Oh. And it's just how I'm used to hearing the name Gavin. Mm-hmm. So I keep wanting to say Gavin and Stacy. Gavin and Sally have split up three weeks prior, and she's drunk with Todd and they're baking a cake. Yes. A second cake. They've already baked one. They're yeah. baking another they're now. They're baking another Because they're drunk on Chardonnay. Yes. And they're also establishing that Sally has this quirk that she likes to make up songs about what she's doing. Yes. Meet one cake, so we're making a second cake. Because she's already made up the ringtone song, and then we have this song about cake. Yeah. There is nothing that implies she's a musician in any way. No. <laughs> God, No. So then Sally says she can do better than Gavin when Danny confronts them. And Danny makes a face that Sally immediately translates. And then we get a Life is Strange style turn back time. Where instead of making the face, Danny literally says what he means. (laughs) No, you cannot. I'm judging the crap out of you right now. Yeah, it's basically her interpretation of what that face means. But then he immediately confirms to Todd when she storms out. Yeah. This, to me, rings very true of siblings. Yeah. Because my sister will do this to me, where she'll be like, "Uh, you're lying, you're doing the nostril thing. Because apparently there's a face I make when I'm lying. I'm trying to make it now, I can't. Uh, But basically, I flare my nostrils when I'm lying. Because I guess I'm trying to subdue laughter. So this was a, a you nice... You do it when you're messing with people. Yeah, it's my messing with you face. Which is what you... And you do that to your sister a lot because you Yeah, because... Yeah. But like this, like... I really like this little bit of writing that like shows that they are siblings. 
where it's like that small twitch of the face, she's able to read into everything that that means. And so Sally calls Juliet and says, like, set up this date. Mm-hmm. I now have the note of the only person I wholly like is Todd. I come around on Juliet. Yeah, I come around on Juliet. Um, Cause I guess at this point Juliet hasn't had enough of her own character. Like she she develops a little more as this episode goes yeah. on. And Sally comes out in like kind of a um provocative outfit. Yeah. That looks odd. It looks it's very like odd. a bad outfit. It's, it's like not a beca- vest. It's not a, a bad skirt. It's not a bad outfit because it's provocative. It's a bad outfit. Yeah. Danny goes, Um, why are you dressed like Jenny Osmond? Who? I just she, This girl from high school. She had sex with a debate coach in the back of a Nissan Sentra. Oh, that's nasty. They got married. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And it's a very, like... I, that felt very realistic. Yes. Of, like, something changes, and then you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess that's Even though right. it's still terrible. Yeah. And Sally confronts Danny and says, like, we're going to have so much sex... Uh, I'm going on this date. It's going to be Fifty Shades of Grey as a baby with Cirque du Soleil. A weird sex baby. Yes. And she goes on like that for a while mm-hmm. as Danny goes, no, no, no. Weird foods off each other's bods and put ice on each other's booby nips, booby nips. Oh, God, don't tell me this. Oh, uh, delete. Delete it. Enjoy that image the next time you're snacking on Janet's dusty cheese balls. Farewell. I'm off to have me some sex now. Like, she never says anything really truly explicit. Yes. It's just to upset her older brother. This is, I think, the point that I want to point out. That I do not like this actress's performance as Sally. And I do not like her brother's performance. All of this seems like really, like, forced and unreal. And, like... They're not committing to the bit here. It's super interesting because, like, Greta Gerwig plays Sally. Yes. Uh, if you are listening to an entertainment podcast, you probably know who Greta Gerwig is. If you've seen... If you're recording one, you don't. Uh, if you've seen <laughs> Lady Bird, she's... Whoa, really? The writer and director of Lady Bird. If you've seen the 2019 Oscar-nominated Little Women... She di- Whoa, really? She directed... She is an incredibly accomplished woman. Interesting. And she'd already had, like, good notices for her role in Frances Ha, which was way before this. Mm-hmm. This is just a bad fit for her. Like, this role just... Uh, we're, I want to get into this a little more when we get uh, to the end of this. Okay. But I, I think it's funny... That you can be an extremely talented person and a part can just be wrong for you. Yeah. Because Greta Gerwig is undeniably extremely talented. Mm-hmm. She is not it in this role. Hmm. Uh, I don't care for her in this part. They're, they're about to meet up. She's about to meet up with Frank, the IT guy. Mm-hmm. Juliet confiscates Sally's phone. And Sally's like, I'm not going to call Gavin. She goes, said the sober lady at 8 o'clock. Gimme. Yes. This is great. Like, I know you. I'm a good friend type thing. It isn't. It isn't. Uh, if you don't know the guy's real first name that you're setting up your friend with, you don't take her phone. That's a good point. <laughs> but it needs to set off the rest of the plot. Yeah. So then Ju- then Sally's phone rings and Juliet answers like, Sally's phone? Mm-hmm. And Gavin demands to speak to Sally. Yeah. And that's, Juliet's like, what? She's, what? what do you want? And he finds out that Sally is ready to, 
talk and to be a more mature, mature partner. Yes. And we see a cutaway of Danny calling Gavin to say Sally said that. Yes. So, what this says to me is he, Gavin said, I need you to be more mature. I need you to grow up a bit. And yeah. then she said no and left. So again, this makes me think, wait, did she leave him? Because if the, the argument is about her behavior, then she would have left if he, because he's super open to getting back together. Yeah. So yeah, this is one of the big things I have a problem with is they never tell you what the spark is to make them split up. It's true. It's just that they do. And they give you a little bit that you can make assumptions, but they don't answer anything. No. So when, like, this is starting the the uh, chain reaction of, like, well, maybe they'll get back together, it seems to me like neither of them actually want to break up. Yeah. So why did they break up in the first place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do get the impression of you can love someone and it's not working out. And, like, maybe right. that's what they're trying to kind of argue at this point of, like, Gavin and Sally love one another, but it's not working out. Mm-hmm. And then Danny and Todd have an argument after Danny gets off the phone with Gavin about Danny meddling. Yes. And they talk about what they're going to be like as parents. Because Todd has been coddling uh, Sally this entire time. And he's like, is this what it's going to be? You're going to let your our kid do whatever they want and I'm going to have to be the one who puts their foot down? And Todd was like, yeah. <laughs> and then they do a whole dance about fun daddy and stern yeah, daddy. Yeah, you're going to be fun daddy. I'm going to be stern daddy. <laughs> it's a little weird. It's fun though. And then there's a knock at the door. They open it and there's a fantastic musical sting as they open the door on Juliet. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've made this clear, but her brother calls Gavin yes. to say... Danny calls Gavin. Danny calls Gavin to say Sally said she's ready to be yes. more mature, even though that's not true. So then Juliet shows up at their door, and there's this great, one of the best moments. This is the, probably the best moment in the show. Yeah. Danny, as you can see, I am wearing my red leather moto jacket, which means I am furious. Did you put on a special outfit just to come yell at me? Holy crap, I love that. I do too, I really do, please. So they, they have that, like, little funny moment, and... They yell at each other a little bit, and then Juliet sees the ultrasound. Yeah. And there's a great moment where she's like, I need you to back off. Your sister is my sunshine, and I will not let you block my... Is this an ultrasound? Okay, there's this lady in Delaware. Yes! Yes! yes. <laughs> no, we'll do this later. We'll do this later. I will not let you block my sunshine. Setting up the fact that, like, they all know each other. This is her best friend's brother, and they are friends, too. And Juliet was probably friends with Todd as well in the past. So, back to the bar where Frank and Sally are. Frank is, like, an awkward, sweet fellow. Mm -hmm. We find out he used to be in the Navy, and he was on a submarine for a couple years. Sally has a lot of weird affectations, like, she says, like, oh, I do this thing that when I'm trying to be sexy, I sound like a 40s starlet. This sounds so forced. And it doesn't even sound... Because when I hear I sound like a 40s starlet, I expected her to have that, like, mid-Atlantic classic. I only, Darling. I only killed Stillman because he couldn't handle me. Yeah. Like, that, like, 
I thought that's what she was going to do, like a femme fatale 40s. Mm-hmm. No, it just sounds weird. Yeah, she's like, Bwahaha. That's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't... She's, she's, she kind of sounds like the berries and creams guy. She does. <laughs> it doesn't work. And there is a moment where they bond over the fact that Juliet has intervened so hard in their lives. Yes. Uh, when Juliet sets them up, she also, I want to say this because it... It's important. Uh, Juliet mentions that Sally is a guidance counselor. We have no proof that Sally has any kind of job. She Because ne- yeah. Sally never mentions work. And Juliet says that Sally is a guidance counselor. When she's trying to throw Sally at a guy, she doesn't think Sally's ever going to see again. Yes. Because also, like, she has dressed Frank. Yes. Like, they went out and bought, like, a necklace and a t-shirt. And, like, she told him not to wear the hoodie. And he shows up in, like, a gray hoodie. In, like, a standard issue dude gray hoodie. And they're bonding. And then there's this... She admits to the nail and bail and says, like, we're going to have sex at the end of the night. And Frank is like, excuse me? Yeah. You can't just tell me that at the well, beginning. There's way too much lead up here. I want to point out that she first says, can I stop being sexy for a moment? Yeah. And he has no reaction to that sentence, which that is a perfect setup to a joke. Yeah. Can I stop being sexy for a moment? Oh, is that what you were doing? Yeah. Like, that's like a very easy joke. Uh, yes, please. Another great punchline to that. Yeah. You know, wait, what are we doing? That's a great punch. The fact that there's no response to that is a missed comedy opportunity. She And she also then like admits to her marriage being on the outs. Yes. We actually cut away from them and that have the scene with Juliet seeing the ultrasound. Mm. And when we cut back, the- Sally and Frank are kind of back to who they are, not yeah. the date versions of themselves. Yeah, they're humans again. And Sally is now wearing Frank's hoodie. Mm-hmm. Because she's uncomfortable in the weird outfit she picked. Yeah, and in the weird outfit Juliet picked for her. We don't know that Juliet picked her outfit. We know I Juliet- think we do. I think she says that. Because I thought she put that on out of spite. No, I'm pretty oh. sure Juliet talks her into wearing that. Okay, um, I don't have that in my notes. And so Sally leaves the date deciding she's going to try to save her doomed marriage. Mm-hmm. And then I have the note, oh, I wonder why this didn't sell. Uh, Frank's kind of understandably upset. Mm -hmm. He calls Juliet and Juliet and Dan, who's still at Danny's apartment and Juliet and Danny decide they're both going to try to get to Sally first to say their piece. Uh, there is a chase. We don't see it, which is a shame, but Juliet apparently like pushes Danny into a pile of trash. Yeah. And so it's all four of them on Sally's stoop. On Sally and Gavin's stoop. Danny, Todd, Juliet, and Frank. Right. And Juliet goes, this is a bad idea, but I'm going to buzz everyone in. Because I guess they need to move the plot upstairs. Mm -hmm. And Todd points out, like, everyone here wants what's best for Sally. Can we have this civil conversation? Cut to everyone upstairs screaming. Screaming, yeah. And then Gavin comes in. And Sally, like, awkwardly passes Frank off as gay. Yeah. And she's like, this is my gay friend, Frank. And he goes, yeah, that's me. Gay Frank. And Todd goes, yeah, that's totally how we say that. That's how we say that. And so they've decided to get... Sally and Gavin have decided to get back together. Mm -hmm. And she's going to try to be a more mature partner. Mm -hmm. 
she goes into the wine cellar. I mean, there was a previous scene where he explained the wine fridge. Yeah. We don't open bottles with a red dot, right? These are investment wines from my system. It's pretty simple. You got the green dot, that means go, enjoy. Yellow dot means caution. Maybe if it's a special occasion, but probably just leave it in here. And then red dot means stop. Go no further. These are investment wines because when you don't drink them, they appreciate in value, like an investment. She goes and grabs a champagne, looks at the bottom and goes, oh, I need a yellow dot champagne. And, uh. Gavin says like, yep, that's my girl. Like in agreement. And then there's a great moment where Todd looks visibly stricken in the background. Yeah. Like where he kind of has that like, oh, she's not worth the good champagne. Mm -hmm. So Todd's reaction tips off the audience just before the rest of the plot catches up. Yeah. And like she asks everybody if they could go outside for a second and then come back in. Because mm-hmm. she's actually passed this off as an impromptu we're getting back together celebration. Yes. And she asks everyone to wait in the hallway for a second. Mm-hmm. And she, Sally like looks at Gavin and goes like, This is a really nice bottle of champagne. I mean, that's an 83 Chateau Maxence, so <laughs> it's the nicest bottle we got. We're getting back together after almost losing each other forever. Shouldn't we be drinking this one? And there's a long pause. And then she realizes that, like, she's not worth the best champagne to him. Yeah. And she calls it off. Yeah. I'm going to say something unpopular. Okay. Kind of on his side on this. Because I'm trying to, like, see it in a different way, all right? If I was a comic book collector, I would be like, this box is full of comics you can read. Feel free to read these. These box is my collector edition, and, like, reading them depreciates their value. The thing is, like, to an average person, they're both comic books. Mm -hmm. To me, these are basically toys. Yeah. And these are, like, investments. I know that's the word he uses. But, like, these are collectibles. Like, I understand the view of, like, I'm not worth drinking this. But to him, that's not even wine. Yeah. Like, that's like, it's not you're drinking the best champagne if you open that. You're drinking thousands of dollars that I need for later in life. Yeah, I see that. So, like, I kind of respect his, like, wishes. Like, hey, this is my thing. My hobby is wine. Feel free to drink these. Please don't drink these. These are not for drinking. It's not like later he's going to drink them. He's going to sell them. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, like, what we're supposed to see is that she was willing to make a ton of compromises and he's not. Like, she was going to try to be better and meet him. Mm-hmm. And this is, this comes back to my big problem with this is, we don't know why they broke up. Yeah. Because if we're supposed to, and I understand that idea of, like, he's not willing to compromise and she's making all these compromises, sure. But in the beginning of the episode, she's getting drunk on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many compromises has he already made? Yeah, I mean, you're super not supposed to be on his side because he's a dick. 
Um, I know, but what did he do that was a dick move? He's been nothing but understanding and has a wine collection. But... It's not like he cheats on her. It's not like... See, okay, so this is where we're going to have this uh, discussion. I've read the full script. Okay. Uh, This was originally clearly meant to be an hour-long pilot. All right. I have a lot of information you don't have. And I understand that, and I, I fully expected this to happen. What I'm saying is, so far, what this pilot has presented to me as a viewer is... I'm really not invested in her escaping something horrible because I don't feel like she is. Well, she there's this cutaway that we didn't even mention about how like she complains about the wine fridge, his Ken doll hair. Like she complains yeah. about being married to like a boring Wall Street guy. Mm-hmm. And the relationship is very clearly ultimately doomed. Yeah, it's just it's strange because it's presented as she is very happy three days before this happens. Yeah. Like she's happy as she could be. Yeah. So, like, the fact that we never see what sparks the breakup makes everything a little confusing. And I I just... It's something I'm pointing out as a failure in the creation of this pilot. Then we go to the bar, and it's our five leads. It's Danny, Todd, um, Sally... Juliet and Frank. Yes, it's Ted, Marshall, Lily, Barney, and Robin. Yeah. And they're in the bar, and they, they decide that until the baby comes, they're going to live a little more like Sally and enjoy like the last six months before they like grow up. Yes, which I love that... End date. That putting up of the stakes of like them basically saying, so in this first season, we're not going to have a kid. In this second season, we're going to have a kid. (laughs) And that's going to be the plot lines. And then we find out that Sally stole the champagne. Yes, which I hate. Uh, She stole thousands of dollars from him. I also actually really hate this. Because Mm -hmm. it's... She does something kind of crappy and Mm -hmm. is celebrated for it by everyone. Yeah. And this is a small nitpick, but it it upset me. Uh, They take it to a bar and get champagne glasses... For something the bar didn't sell, which is illegal. <laughs> you know, what the hell? It's not a BYO. They sell tequila. Yeah, I. it bothered me too, clearly. Yeah. But Frank goes up to get the glasses. Sally meets him up there and she asks Frank to be friends. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the main... Uh, frame story. Frame story of her writing the letter. It's never fun to let someone down like that. Friends it is. Oh. But I have to say... Thanks. Your dad took it like a champ. And then Mm. it pans over, and it's a picture of Frank holding a newborn. Yes. That's clearly meant to be Frank holding cricket. Yeah, and I sat... As soon as that started, I actually, like, moved to the edge of my seat. I was like, do it. Say he's the dad in the first episode and save this show. And as soon as they did, I almost applauded. Because <laughs> I was like, they're not going to make the same mistake. Because this is also the interesting... Uh, it fixes two problems in the original How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. Of showing the children so early. Because when you show the kids, you have the problem of... Well, the kids have to be a certain age when the story is done being told. Yeah. And also... They can't age. And also making it a mystery who the father is. Mm-hmm. Because... That clearly didn't go well. So now we're going to talk about the timeline for a second. The original script that I read in its entirety 
was written exactly two months prior to the release of How I Met Your Mother. To the release of the finale. The finale. The pilot was shot and dated a couple weeks later. Because we actually see a clear date at the beginning of what is obviously a screener copy that has been uploaded. Yes. It's about two and a half weeks later. It's dated April 17th. Mm Mm-hmm. So when this pilot comes out, we have had the backlash for the finale of How I Met Your Mother. But when the original script I read comes out, we do not yet have that. Hmm. And there's a few things that clearly change. Okay. Uh, Sally, at the beginning, announces that Juliet has secured capital for her website. We know more about what Juliet does. Okay, I'd love to know what she does. Juliet is a high-powered fashion blogger Hmm. who is starting... A like a trend website, okay, and a sales website, okay. So, unlike Barney, we know what Juliet's job is. It's a little nebulous because it's kind of like she's a super influencer, gotcha. at, who's now going corporate. And we find out more about Gavin. He's a little more sympathetic. He kind of mentions like, hey, I have, I have to go to work tomorrow. Like, it's, it's late. And she was like, it's Juliet's special night. And he goes, every night is Juliet's special night. Kind of emphasizing more of the, this is always happening. Okay. We also find out a little bit more about the family dynamic with Sally and Danny. All right. And it makes Danny's reactions a little more sensible. Sally is spoiled. Okay. Uh, we see that their wedding that Sally's parents paid for was super extravagant. Hmm. While Danny and Todd got a gift certificate to Olive Garden for their wedding. Oh my God. Oh my God. And. Well, when you're there, you're family. So we actually get this like, and you could kind of make the argument of, it's not that like their parents love Danny less. It's that like, oh, well, your sister needs it. So they have that like, weird Mm -hmm. kind of dynamic. And I actually have a note of like, this cutaway was clearly cut for budget reasons because it has Gavin and Sally going up in a hot air balloon and there's skywriting that says forever. Oh my God. Like, so it's very, very elaborate. That sounds expensive, yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is the only thing that I'm like, oh, that's definitely why I got cut from the pilot. Uh, And then we actually see her and Gavin have fights. Okay, this is something I feel like was super missing. We get cutaways to Gavin and Sally having the fight that seems to end their relationship. And Gavin, like, talks about how she's a slob. Mm-hmm. He's like, you always leave the ca- the cabinets open. It, I thought we had a poltergeist. <laughs> and so then, like, she goes, well, I've been busy. And he goes, doing what? You don't have a job. Ooh. So we find out, like, she doesn't. She's not working, so that guidance counselor line. Oh, okay. Might be a lie. All right, gotcha. Which, and... She wants to be a food personality. Mm. Like, she wants to be famous. She doesn't want to be a chef. That is the female version of, don't worry, babe, (laughs) the band's going to make it, is I want to be an influencer. And we also see, like, Sally being an obnoxious slob in Danny's apartment. Like, we see her drop stuff on his couch, and he's, like, trying to clean it. Mm. And in the original, the woman who is going to have the baby is eight and a half months along. Okay. So she's going to have the baby soon. soon. Which makes more sense with how set up the nursery is. Yeah. Because that the timeline of this show 
bewilders me. Of yeah. her being three months along and them already having the nursery all set up. Yeah, I thought, I just kind of read it as him being like type A. Like, what if the baby's early? Or like that type of like. Yeah, like at three months, you're still in the like the danger zone of a pregnancy. Yeah, very true. Most people aren't even telling other people outside of their like partners and maybe immediate family that they're pregnant at that point. Mm-hmm. So Juliet is considerably more rambunctious. She is not even pretending to be upset. Well, she actually does have a whole thing where she like pretends not to laugh about the divorce. Mm. And Sally goes, just, you're going to hurt yourself. Just smile. Just smile. <laughs> you're clearly happy. And Juliet's like, oh, thank God. Um, it's fun. And she also more explicitly makes Frank her project. Okay. Like we get a longer scene with the two of them. And she is more explicitly uh, dressed up both of them. Like Got it's, you. And they actually have a better bonding scene over them being like, yeah, I'm really not comfortable in this outfit Juliet picked for me. Oh my God, me neither. Oh, all right. And they, they have a more believable bond and the weird dumb affectation that 40s movie star thing isn't in the script oh thank god and then she talks up to frank about why she stays with gavin and she kind of we find out it's like a real self-esteem issue of like gavin would tell me what i was doing wrong and i never knew when i was making a mess gavin was helping fix me Mm. and it's like it's a sad way of looking at it But it also gives you a lot of insight into her personality. Yeah. In the fight she has with Gavin, Gavin, she, Gavin's like, more explicitly asks her to leave. And she says like, but we were married. We were going to start a family. And Gavin says, you would be a bad mom, Sally. And then she says this to Danny and Todd. And then Danny agrees. Ooh. When they have a fight. And... So then there's this, like, that's when she kind of reacts at a heartbreak. And that's when she agrees to go out on a date with Frank. Okay. And then Todd and Danny don't get the baby. The woman has the baby because she's much further along in this script. And has to. Keep, and she's like, I, I'm going to keep him. Yeah, I've decided to keep him. And then Sally shifts into damage control. And she, like, tells Gavin, like, we need to make a cup of tea with honey and chamomile. And we need a hot chocolate, lots of marshmallows, big shot of whiskey in each. And then she gives them a speech of like, look, it's good. That's her baby. Your baby is still out there. Mm-hmm. That's the luckiest baby in the whole world. Aww. And then Danny's like, you know what, Sally? You are going to be a good mom. Aww. And tells off Gavin specifically. Hmm. But then we get a, um, a flashback where Sally and Gavin actually agree the relationship's not going to work out. And we see them end amicably. And then, because this was written before the finale tanked, this ends on the same scene, but... The, the we can still be friends, or we can just yeah. be friends. And that, kids, is how I met your Uncle Frank. Oh, no! So, uh, that's, that's how it ends in the script. I like, except for that last part, I loved the rest of the script. I thought The it, script does sound better. It fixed a lot of the problems... Like, when I kind of flip through here, it's me f- kind of telling you what they, the things we had talked about off mm. mic and how it fixes all. 
I, I was bewildered. That's why I was like, we need to hold and record a little bit later today because I wanted to go through this. Yeah. This is a much stronger show. Mm-hmm. Sally's a much bigger mess. But like, you get the idea of like, okay, Sally has room to grow. And then we see that glimpse of her growing. Yeah. Ending it on her stealing the champagne and everyone being like, you know what, Sally was the right the whole time. Undermines her character development a lot. Like, she's already married a really good guy because we don't really have a lot of evidence that Gavin's that bad. Right. And attracted another really good guy. Right. Like, despite being kind of awful herself. Yeah. This one, she's still pretty awful, but we get a lot more glimpse of who she's gonna be someday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's how I met your dad. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited that we'd found this extra script. Yeah. Because th- we had a lot of good conversations off mic that were us trying to figure out why these pieces weren't included. And I guess when they went from an hour to half an hour, they cut out a lot of what made the show make sense. Yeah. I also, one thing that you pointed out that you didn't mention that I thought was really interesting is at the beginning, we do see her stationery that says Sally Jenkins. Which Javits. Means, Javits, excuse me, Sally Javits, which means she never takes her husband's name. Either time. Either time. And I was like, that is very interesting. And I found it interesting because for Gavin to be a controlling jerk the way the show clearly wants us to think he is, he's the kind of guy who would have pushed on her right? about taking his name. Mm-hmm. He's also the kind of guy who would have pushed on her not spending time with Juliet. Yeah. Because admittedly, and I, if you had a friend who you were going out with every night till like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I was a grown person working a job. I don't know that I'd want you hanging out with that friend either. Yeah. Like, I think I'd be like, hey, maybe can you keep it till like once a month with that friend? Yeah. So I, I did find the timing super interesting. I did find that. This was written in January. The fallout from the finale happens. Because nothing about... Really, they could have just reshot the end. Of like, in that kid's time at your Uncle Frank. Mm-hmm. Like, that could have been the thing that got reshot. Yeah. And I found that very, very interesting. So, this pilot didn't get picked up because CBS wanted the creators to reshoot the pilot. Right. And the creators refused to. And CBS wanted this show to work. Yeah. They really did. Because How I Met Your Mother had been a nine-year cash cow. Mm -hmm. And so they really wanted How I Met Your Dad to work. But I think the creators had first killed the golden goose with How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. And then for them to not take creative notes on How I Met Your Dad... After the How I Met Your Mother yeah, finale that's a really went good over. Point. The How I Met Your Mother finale went over like a fart in church. Mm. Have you ever watched the uh, alternate ending of How I Met Your Mother? No. I, you've mentioned it to me. It's so, it's so funny because it ends in a scene that does appear in the finale mm-hmm. of Tracy and Ted on the train platform to the song Downtown Train. And it's this like little romantic scene. Of them talking about the yellow umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's like cute little banter. And it pans out and you just hear simply, and that, kids, is How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. And the show there, we'd still be watching How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, absolutely. It would be up there with The Office and Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. People would still be doing Slapsgiving. Yeah, Slapsgiving, the bro code. Like, it's incredible 
how thoroughly that finale killed the Golden Goose. Yeah. Because think about it. Like, if we go to Target right after this, I bet American dollars we would find merchandise from, like, The Office. Yeah. Probably Parks and Rec. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine did not merchandise as much. No. But maybe you'd find something from them. You're not going to find much of How I Met Your Mother. No. This far along. This show, Game of Thrones level dropped out of the lexicon immediately. Like, immediately after this aired, no one had ever liked How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) Yeah, nobody was a fan of it ever, all of a sudden. Which reminds me of Game of Thrones. Like, after season eight... That show just dropped out of the cultural vernacular Mm -hmm. instantly in a way I found really interesting. Mm -hmm. But so the pilot never got picked up. It's been in and out of development for quite some time. It is currently in development as How I Met Your Father. Yes. A Hillary Duff joint. Yes. And that's supposed to be debuting on Hulu next year. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll revisit this. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if it gets canceled or what happens to it. Uh, but we got to give it a verdict. What do you think here? I am going to say, I'm going to give this a stay tuned. Yeah. Because they clearly had a lot of this information and knew a lot of this, what this was supposed to be. I think had this had a few more episodes, a lot of the problems we had with the pilot would have been mm-hmm. solved over time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel like there's a lot of... I had a lot of problems with it where I'm like, I don't know this, I don't know this, I don't know this, I don't know this. But I think not knowing that were things that I was like, I hope this gets explained in the next episode and would bring me back to watching it. That being said, though, I'm still going to give this a stay doomed. Okay. Just because I didn't like the performances a lot. There's a lot of like stiff... Like, and I know it's a pilot, yeah. And like these things could have been fixed and changed, but like in doing that, we kind of start to veer towards the game over rule, yeah. Uh, which for new listeners is when you have to change something too much to make it something you like. When the show has to be changed so substantially, it's not the same thing anymore. Yeah, like I, I would like to replace some actors, which I know is not the nicest thing to say, but it I, is also very common yeah. to switch people between the pilot and the. The, the performances here of some of the characters, not all, I think are distractingly bad. And uh, for that reason, I'm going to give it a stay doomed. Yeah, Juliet's great. Juliet's amazing. Like, if you've seen The Good Place, uh, Juliet and Vicky definitely share some DNA. Mm-hmm. But that's not a bad thing in the, in the least. And uh, I will say Frank turns in a good... Yeah. It, it's I one like of those Frank. things, it's a, hard, it's a hard part to mess up because you just have to kind of be like... Awkward and affable. Yes. And he does a good job. I think Todd does a pretty decent job. I like Todd. Todd's pretty good in this as well. Uh, Gavin is so pointedly... Like, the way he's styled... It might not even be the actor. Yeah. He's styled as being so pointedly douchey. Yeah, I would say that the the problem with Gavin is on the writing side. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh... That's gonna be how I met... Your dad. Uh, so be sure to check out our Patreon, 
We have a Patreon where you can jump in and get into a Discord with us. You can also help choose what we're going to be watching next and vote on different Patreon stuff. And plus, we do some live streams every once in a while and just chat with you guys. It's a lot of fun. Also, uh, thank you to the IWEP Network. We're glad to be part of your network now. And check out some of the fantastic shows over on IWEP Network. And also, I just wanted to shout out some uh, random uh, subscriber because we have a lot of fantastic subscribers, and we appreciate that you subscribe to our YouTube or you subscribe to our podcast feed. So uh, shout out to the Danish Guy Reviews, just because the Danish Guy Review t- tends to take a lot of our stuff and put it into like his own personal uh, playlists. So I appreciate that. So shout out to you, the Danish Guy Reviews. What are we watching next week? Uh, we are watching... Uh we're, we're getting away from the pilots for a bit, and we're watching a former Quibi show. Yes, we're finally watching a Quibi show. I'm so excited. So, we're watching The Mapleworth Murders. The Mapleworth Murders. You can watch this for free if you have a Roku. It yes. is a Roku original now. Yeah, it's 12 episodes, but they're very short. Yes, so we'll be reviewing that next. Where can people find us? You can email us at thestaydoomedshow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Stay Doomed. And if you can't hold your tequila, I'm at Plus Two Comedy. If you know where the line reading, but they're very short, came from, I'm at Bean Bunny Lives. Until next time, stay doomed. <laughs>